The following audio is from Life Centre Church. For more information, please visit lifecentrechurch.com.au. I, I get to, to start this series. I get to launch us into this book of Philippians, and I'm, I'm not too upset because I love Philippians. I think it's an awesome book. It's full of so much joy, so much encouragement. Uh, Paul writes a lot of personal details. He talks about uh, his longings. He talks about his emotions, his passions in this book. Uh, he also writes a practical advice for people and help in situations and that I think are super relevant for us today. And so I'm excited to jump into Philippians. It's one of those books that has a lot of those coffee mug or tattoo verses, right? I'm sure a lot of us here today would probably have some, maybe you've got uh, Philippians 1.6, for I'm confident of this, that he who began a good work in me will bring it to completion on the day of Jesus Christ, like maybe someone in here. Um, or maybe it's Philippians 1.21, for, uh, for to live is Christ, but to die is gain, right? I reckon there's at least three of you in here with that tattooed on you. Or maybe it's uh, the favorite verse, the verse when you're, you're facing that Goliath in your life. And you all know this verse already, Philippians 4.13. There's a big thing in front of you, you just need some strength, right? Or maybe you're running out to a football field and you're about to start a game and you need a, you need a verse for that. Or maybe you get the call up a day before to preach on Sunday and you just, you need a verse. Well, this is the verse for you, Philippians 4.13. For I can do all things through a verse taken out of context, right? <laughs> or I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And this is why I love Philippians, because it has so many of these awesome verses that we hear all the time, that we think about, that we have tattooed on our bodies, on our coffee mugs, that we have highlighted in our Bibles. If you're a highlighter and underliner, Philippians is one of those books where you just, you go crazy because there's so much amazing stuff in here. And so I'm pumped to open this up. Uh, The plan for this morning is this. I'm actually only going to preach for about 15 minutes. And then we're going to invite some people up. We're going to interview them. We're going to hear about how God has been working through them to do some cool things over the last weeks and months, some some missional things as the Holy Spirit has been leading them and guiding into different areas, even around the world. And so um, I'm going to just pretty much open up. We're going to look at a bit of the context, a bit of the background for Philippians, a bit of Paul stuff, and then we're going to get those guys up. So before we do that, I'm just going to pray and uh, commit this time to the Lord. God, thank you that you are a good God, that we're here this morning because you are good to us. You have been good to us and you will forever be good to us. We thank you that through this letter, we can learn more about you, more about ourselves and more about what it means to live for you. And Lord, I just pray, Holy Spirit, right now that you would speak through me, that your words would come out and that our hearts would be encouraged, that we might leave here filled with joy, filled with your joy. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, when you, uh, when you look at the book of Philippians and you, you try and figure out who wrote it, it's not very hard, right? Because unlike today, when we write letters or we send text messages or emails, we will write everything we want to say and then right at the end, we'll just sign off Shane, right? Or some people like to send big messages and then not write their name. And so you're replying, hey, who dis? Don't know. Like... But it's not like that. Back when Paul wrote this letter, he begins the letter. The first word is Paul. And so we don't really have to guess too much as to who wrote this letter. And I just want to read the first two verses right now. 
Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in, who are at Philippi, with the overseers and deacons, grace to you and pre- peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. So right from the beginning, Paul's saying, hey, Paul, like I'm the one writing this letter. And it says Paul and Timothy, but we don't think Timothy actually helped pen this letter. If you read through the rest of Philippians, and we're going to cover it over over several weeks, you'll see every time it says I or me, Paul is talking about himself. And then every time it says we, it's not even talking about him and Timothy. And so we don't think Timothy wrote this letter, but we think what Paul is trying to do here is show the church at Philippi that, hey, Timothy and I are like-minded. And so everything I'm about to say to you, Timothy feels the same way. And we'll see that even later on in the book when he says, hey, I'm longing to send Timothy to you. And it's kind of setting it up for the, for the Philippian church that, hey, Timothy and me are like-minded in this. And so we know that Paul wrote this letter and we know that he wrote it to the saints at Philippi. All those people at Philippi who believed in the risen Christ, who had faith in Jesus. And so most of us would know who Paul is, right? Most of us, if we've been Christians for long enough, we know who Paul is. Or maybe some of us here don't really know who Paul is. And so I want to give us a a quick jogger of who this guy named Paul was. Now, Paul, he was also known as Saul. Uh, He grew up as a Jew. He was born a Jew, but he was also a Roman citizen. He grew up with prestige and popularity. He had influence and wealth and power. He was like a modern day influencer. People wanted to be him and people wanted to be around him. Uh, and we, we meet Paul in Acts 7. And there's a situation where one of Jesus' disciples, Stephen, is being stoned to death. He's being uh, executed. And Paul is standing there. But it goes on to say that those who were actually stoning Stephen were casting their garments at Paul's feet. This kind of picture that Paul was the one in charge. He was the one ordering the execution. So he was this guy killing Christians. He made his life job was to murder these people calling themselves Christians. And so he, he was actually really good at it too. He would go around dragging children and women out of their homes, throwing them in prison, killing people. And this was Paul. He was an incredibly intelligent man. He studied under one of the most famous rabbi theologian teachers of his time. And so he was powerful, he was wealthy, he was well studied, and he set his aim on killing Christians. But then what happened? Something happened. He met Jesus. We read about an Acts as he's going down the road to Damascus to, to murder some more Christians and he is encountered by the risen Christ. Jesus appears to him and transforms his life, completely and utterly changes this man. He goes from being a murderer to now a missionary, from being someone who persecutes Christians to preaching the gospel of Christ to those who are far from home. And this is what Paul became. Once a man that sought to kill and put to death those who followed Jesus to a man who dedicated his life to helping people know and follow the man named Jesus. And so Paul, this is the guy who wrote this letter to the Philippians. He wrote 13 of the letters that we have in our New Testament, and this is one of them. And this is probably his most joyful letter that he wrote the most triumphant letter, the most uh, passionate, loving, encouraging, hopeful letter that he ever wrote. And he writes it to this church in Philippi, to the saints in Philippi. Now, uh, 
The Philippian church is actually a really cool story of how a church plant uh, shouldn't happen, right? But, but it did. And we read about this in Acts of how this church began. The first time uh, Paul ever went to Philippi. Uh, the Philippian church was the first church ever planted in Europe. And so I just want to quickly go through the story of how this church was planted. So Paul, he's actually, he's trying to go to Asia to preach the gospel. But it says that the Holy Spirit wouldn't let him go. We don't know what that looks like. We don't know what that means. But what we know is he wanted to go to Asia, but the Holy Spirit wouldn't let him. And so he goes down to this um, place called Troas, and he's there. And and one night he goes to sleep, and he has a dream of a man in Macedonia saying, Paul, come and help me. And so he wakes up the next morning, and he gets in a boat, and he crosses the sea, and he arrives at Philippi. And then he just starts preaching the gospel. Starts preaching the gospel wherever he can, and and he finds this lady named Lydia. He preaches the gospel to her, and it says that the Lord opened her heart to believe all that Paul was saying. And then she gets saved, and then he preaches the gospel to her family. Her whole family gets saved, and then they baptize her family. And then Paul just keeps on preaching around Philippi. And then he encounters this, this young girl who's demon-possessed. And she's actually like a fortune teller. People are making money of her telling fortunes. And Paul and his, his mate named Silas, they're just trying to go around and preach the gospel. But this little girl, this demon-possessed girl, just continues to follow them, screaming, these guys are servants of the Most High, and they've come to proclaim the way of salvation. Like, like she, she wasn't wrong what she was yelling, But day after day, she would just follow Paul and Silas around, screaming this at them. And it says in the point that that Paul got so annoyed that he turned around, rebuked the spirit out of this girl. And then the girl's masters got upset because now they could no longer make money from this girl. So they seized Paul and Silas. They brought them before the magistrate. They stripped them. They beat them. They tortured them. Then they threw them in prison. This is Paul's first time to Philippi. He didn't even want to come here. He wanted to go somewhere else, but the Lord led him here. And so he's in jail in Philippi. And now most of us know this story. He decides, him and his mate, uh, just to start singing some songs. I reckon it was shout to the Lord. We're not sure what it was. It's still debated. And then all of a sudden there's this earthquake in the prison. The doors open, the shackles fall off. And then the jailer wakes up thinking that everybody's escaped and goes to kill himself. But Paul goes, hey, hey, stop, stop, stop. We're all still alive. And so the jailer goes, oh, help me. How can I be saved too? And then Paul preaches the gospel to the jailer. He gets saved. The jailer takes them home. He preaches the gospel to the jailer's family. They all get saved. He baptizes them all, takes them back to prison. The next day they come, they let them go. They apologize to Paul and Silas. And then they leave Philippi. And that's how the church at Philippi began. Like what a crazy story of a church planning experience. You go somewhere you didn't want to go, but he was led by the Spirit. He trusted Jesus because he knew this is where God wanted him. He met a girl. She got saved. Her family got saved, baptized. Cast out a demon of a girl. Just wouldn't stop following him around because he was annoyed. Thrown in jail, beaten. Started singing earthquake. Saved the jail, the whole family saved, baptized. I've got a crazy story of God. But this was Paul's life, right? A life marked by persecution and suffering and yet big moves of God as he was faithfully led by him. 
And so we know that this guy named Paul wrote this letter to the church at Philippi. And what's crazy is this letter is so joyous. There's so much in this letter of constantly telling us, hey, rejoice, be joyful in this. Don't let your heart grow weary. Rejoice in the Lord, always. Do not be anxious, rejoice. And we need to ask, like, how is Paul so joyous? Because as he writes this letter, he finds himself back in jail. This time, not at Philippi, he's actually in Rome. And he's not just in a normal jail, he is attached by the ankle to another Roman guard 24-7. He has no friends, he has no privacy, he has no freedom, and yet he writes such a joyful letter to the Philippian church. And the main question we get as we look through this book of Philippians is how? Like how is Paul so joyful constantly despite his circumstance and his situation? Like, in, like, if I was thrown in jail, I would not be joyful, right? If I was attached to someone 24-7 apart from my wife, I would not be joyful. And yet, Paul, joyful. Like, the man just seemed untouched, completely untouched, no matter what you did at him. Like, imagine like, the guard going to Paul and saying, mate, I'm going to kill you. And he's like, sweet, to die is gain. He's like, well, I'll let you live. Sweet, to live is Christ. Fine, I will torture you. I will afflict you. Great. Those afflictions are preparing for me an eternal weight of glory beyond comparison. Fine, I'll throw you in jail. Great. I'm going to sing some songs, save you, your whole family. Like this man was untouchable. No matter what he did, they couldn't take his joy away. And so as we look through this book over the next few weeks, we are going to see how and why we too can have joy in all circumstances, in all situations, despite what is going on around us. But I think we get a glimpse of this in the first verse. Paul comes out and identifies himself as a servant of Christ Jesus. He's a servant of Christ Jesus, which is true, but in the majority of his other letters, he describes himself as an apostle of Christ Jesus. He does this in Romans, in 1 and 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Colossians, Ephesians, 2 Timothy, Titus. All of those, he states that he is an apostle of Christ Jesus. And yet here in the Philippians, it's a servant of Christ Jesus. And why does he do this? Well, it seems to be that he doesn't feel the need to state his authority, his spiritual authority to the church in Philippi. But he wants to encourage them and remind them that, hey, I'm a servant I'm a slave to Jesus. And as a slave, your life doesn't belong to yourself. You cannot do anything apart from what your master says you can do. And we saw that as he tried to go to Asia, but he couldn't. His master led him to Philippi. So he's encouraging, he's reminding the church of Philippi, hey, I'm I'm a slave. My life does not belong to myself. Paul's life doesn't belong to him. It belongs to Christ. And this is where Paul finds his joy. This isn't restricting for Paul. This is freedom for Paul. Because he doesn't follow a master who lords over him begrudgingly, who puts him down. But he follows a master who lifts him up. A master who died for him. He laid his life down for him. Paul writes in Philippians that though God, though Jesus was God, He didn't account equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself 
taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. This is who Paul's master was. So yes, he would follow him to the ends. And so we get a glimpse of how Paul can be joyous always because his master is Jesus, because his dependence is on Jesus, because his life belongs to Jesus, the one who holds all things together. So he can say, yeah, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Paul says, I'm content in all things. I can rejoice always. I have all things. Everything is garbage in comparison to knowing Christ. And that is where we see Paul's joy come from. Verses 3 to 7, they, they go on to describe Paul's joy towards the saints in Philippi. Verse 3 says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayers with joy. Why? Because of your partnership in the gospel from this day until now. Paul had joy because he served Jesus. But he says, I also have joy because you all partner with me in serving Jesus. And as we serve Jesus together, we serve one another. As we lay our lives down for Jesus, we lay our lives down for one another. And this is what made Paul so joyous in remembering his partnership with those saints in Philippi. And so for us here this morning, I want us to be encouraged. There is joy found in serving Jesus. There is joy down in saying, hey, I'm going to hand my life over to Christ. He can do a far better job than I can. There's also joy in serving one another and serving side by side in loving those around us. And this is what Paul is saying. As saints, as people who have been transformed by the gospel, filled with the Holy Spirit, we can have joy as we take our eyes off ourselves, place them on Jesus and on those around us. As we seek to love, to serve, to lead and to lay our lives down for those around us. I just want to finish with this. In the first two verses, Paul mentions Christ three times. And then for the next four chapters, another 67 times. So he says Jesus or Christ 70 times in 104 or so verses. And so what Paul is trying to get across here is if you want joy, if you want true joy, unending joy, everlasting joy, it is found in Jesus. It is found in Christ. It is found in beholding Christ, in growing in Christ, in serving Christ, in loving Christ, in sharing in the mission of Christ. And they're all things that we are going to see over the next few weeks. But there is so much joy to be had as Christians, true joy everlasting joy, and it's in Jesus. It's not in our frail circumstances and situations around us. And so our prayer is this, that we would be filled with joy, a church filled with joy, and that we would truly know and believe what it means when we say to live is Christ and to die is gain. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Life Centre Church located in North Lakes. We exist to make, mature and multiply disciples in communities that depend upon, declare and display the gospel of Jesus Christ in all of life. If you would like more information about us, please visit lifecenterchurch.com.au.
we provide our podcasts free of charge. Please feel free to download the content and share it with others, but please do not edit or alter the content in any way without the written permission from the leadership of LCC. 